0: Christian. So I remember just sitting there and thinking, I just said, Lord, what what is going on here? Well, like my my cousin was a Christian and yet he felt so low and so self-loathing that he didn't want to be here anymore. I don't understand that. So I remember the Lord just saying to me, Well, maybe you we need to find out. And I'm like, well, how do I find out? Because I didn't know colleges around in Ireland. And I remember somebody telling me about Carrie which is Carrie Deaton down at Grace Church, and it was the Assemblies of God Bible College in, in the 90s in Ireland. And I remember, now I was full-time, like, working, okay? I had no idea. And I'd done my leave-in search, which was absolutely dreadful. I mean, I was not good in school, okay? Just to let you know that. I was brutal in school. And I remember just the Lord saying to me, why don't you go and find out about me? Because if you want to find out about me, I'll show you. So I remember saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to apply to Bible College in Carraghieden. And if I get in, thinking that I wasn't going to get in, if I get in, I'll go part-time in my job and I'll go full-time in college. And I actually, they accepted my application. I nearly died. What am I after doing because I had to honor what I had said to the Lord because I loved the Lord, even though i didn't know understand much about theology or the Bible or anything like that, and I actually went to Bible college and it was a bit like Brian said it was the most challenging two years of my life because I had to the Lord had to bring me through a process of restoration and healing because of things that had happened in my own life in the past. Anybody understand that? Amen, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then two years helped me because one, I was out of home because I lived at home, and I was in Carrigagan living there. So I did that for full time for two years, and I worked part time so I could make me way in college because nobody was going to, you know, help me pay me fees. I had to pay me fees for myself. And over them two years, I just remember the Lord revealing Himself to me in such an amazing way that I never knew before. But it was also real. Do do you know what I mean? It wasn't somebody else telling me that Jesus loved me. It was actually God revealing himself to me over the two years in Bible college. And I also learned how to type. I learned how to write properly. You know, I learned how to do an essay for the first time, you know. and, And I realized that I actually loved learning. And not just learning for the sake of knowledge, if that makes sense, but I loved learning about Jesus. I loved learning about theology. I love learning about how do we read the Bible better? And that's why I love working in IBI today, because I am one of the lecturers. But IBI means Irish Bible Institute, and Irish Bible Institute is a charitable organization. It's not there to make money. Okay, it's not like any other third level college that you ever go to. It's there to help students grow the relationship with Jesus. That's what it's actually for. It is there that we can grow in your head, in your heart and in your hands, because that's our motto, head, heart and hands is the IBI motto, and we try and show People who are in churches everywhere, all over the country, anywhere, from all different faith expressions. You could be Roman Catholic, you could be Church of Ireland, you could be Pentecostal, Baptist, Presbyterian, you could be anything. And anybody can go to Irish Bible Institute and actually learn about the Lord. And and when when Brian was talking this morning, it, it really helped me to look back on my first time that i actually went to bible college it was the most intimidating and frightening thing i ever did actually walking in the door does that resonate because i was so frightened because i felt so inadequate i i didn't have anything to give if you know and yet through the lord's process over the two years when i was actually in bible college the lord showed me that actually i'm his child he's my father Actually, the Father's great love is lavished on all of us because he's our Father God. And that healing in my life to know that Jesus and God was my Father God, because some of us have experiences in life that's not like that. Yeah? You know? And very, very gently and very restoringly and healingly, the Lord restored my sense of who he was, as in God, who actually God is. So if anybody wants to know about IBI, we do one course, we do two courses, we do night courses, we do online courses, we do discipleship courses, but the most important thing about IBI is, is that you learn, you learn about Jesus and about God, but you learn about yourself at the same time, and you learn about the community that's in Ireland that maybe we don't know about, and there's hundreds of Christians in Ireland who love the Lord. So if you want to know about IBI, please come to me afterwards. And I do have timetables, you know, that people... We, ha- we have, like, at the night course, we have a discipleship course starting on the 3rd of September from 7 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. on a Tuesday night. And it runs for nine weeks. You get to Lewis from here to Bus Arras, and you walk literally across the road to Foley Street. And don't think that you're going to be the only one that is the first time... Normally, it's everybody's first time when they walk in the door, okay? We're also doing interpreting and applying the Bible, which is the second course that's coming up on the night course. But we do them during the day as well. So if people are free during the day, they can come if they want to, or if people are free during the night, they can come. And you can just come from two hours at a time. That's what a course takes, two hours for 13 weeks, which is very manageable for some people and in other people well, in the night course because if you're working full-time it's really difficult to do isn't it so i'd really encourage you to go to 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 look at the ibi website even and just see what courses are there or just speak to me afterwards is that all right yeah so this morning that's the that's the business end over with okay and um, i know that uh brian finished talking about matthew eight last week and he'd done a series on it And the one thing that he left about last week that he was talking about was Jesus restoring lives. Yeah, if anybody was here. And it got me thinking. And and I was thinking, why does God want to restore our lives? What motivates God to want to restore our lives? And, you know, the Bible actually tells us why. And what he says is, it says is that it's because he loves us. But the love that we understand today in 21st century is not the love really that the Lord has for us. The love that we see in 21st century has connotations of sexuality, of beauty, of skin deep, of love that is give and take. You have to give me something before I love you or I have to take something before I love you. But God's love is not like that. And that's what I want to look at today very briefly. And, and the theme today is the Father's great love, because we were we were singing about greatness um, this morning, and we're looking at the Father's great love. And when we look at it, we're looking the Bible, because as Christians, the text that we know is Godly inspired is the Bible. Yeah, and some of the words in the Bible, like in the Old Testament and the New Testament, God's love—you can trace God's love right from the Garden of Eden right to the Book of Revelation okay, because the Bible is the story of the redemption of humanity, of all of us. That's what the Bible actually is. It's not a history book, but it's a book about God's love. That's what it actually is. And the Bible is God's love story to us, to each and every one of us. It's actually very personal, because when you read the Bible, you're actually reading it in light of you reading it and knowing that the Father is listening to you and you're listening to him as you're reading the Bible that's what the text is and when we're looking at the letters in the New Testament or even how to even understand the text in the New Testament or in the Bible there's different books in the Bible you have the 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 gospels isn't that right we have the gospels Matthew Mark Luke and John and then we have the book of acts that tells the story of all that the holy spirit did when jesus ascended into heaven through his disciples right and then we have letters that come after the book of acts and there's letters and one letter in particular talks about the love of the father and that's 1 john and 1 john is nearly right at the end of the bible and it only has 5 short chapters in it and Think about it. Think about things in the 21st century. If you open a letter when you get it in the post, you don't start in the middle of the letter, do you? Okay? You actually start at the beginning of the letter to read it for the first time. So I would encourage people, these are some of the tools and the skills that we actually teach in, in, in Bible college. If you're reading some of the letters in the Bible, like 1 John, read it from the start. Don't start in the middle because you won't get the sense of what the actual letter is about. And one John, the letter was written by John the Apostle, yeah? Get to know something about who wrote the letter, not just actually just reading the words. Because John the Apostle, they think he was the oldest apostle living, okay? He was the one, he he may have been 80 or 90 years of age when he died. And he wasn't martyred. Okay, so what they know about John is that he was a disciple of Jesus, right? And when Jesus was on the cross, if you remember, Jesus looked down at his mother when he was dying, and he looked at the apostle John, and he said to John, today I want you to take care of my mother. And John said, this day she will come into my home okay? So we know a little bit about John, that he was full of compassion. It's nice to know a little bit about somebody who's written the letter. Does does that make sense? Sometimes I think we look at the Bible and we think it's this, it is a special book, but we need to be able to read it properly in order to understand it, and sometimes we don't know how to do that. So if you know a little bit about John, John's gospel. What's the major thing about John's gospel? Is that John 3.16, does anybody know what that is? For God so loved the world. John's core teaching all through the Bible, his book of, of the gospel of John, and then his three letters, and they think he actually even wrote the book of Revelation. And the one thing that he keeps on talking about is the Father's great love, God's love for us. That was the one key message that he wanted people to understand, that Jesus loves us no matter what. And when Brian was talking about having the year of challenge, my challenge is actually to understand God's love and what it actually means. So what he says is in 1 John 3, verse three, verse 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God and that is what we are the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him when you're looking at 1 John there's two things that you need to look at the historical context of when it was written and the literary context because we know it's a letter the historical context is in the first century most people they didn't have the bible then remember the Bible wasn't written in the first century. It only came in the fourth and fifth century and all the books were put together and we had the, the Bible as we have it today. These disciples didn't have the Bible and all they had was oral testimony, the stories that the disciples had been telling about Jesus. So it was the oral tradition. Like we have in Ireland, we love stories. How many stories do we tell our kids and go, I'll tell you this story. Right? That's what the disciples were doing. And in 1 John, he's reminding the people that he's writing to, to remind them that Jesus is the Messiah. That Jesus came to save people from their sin. He didn't necessarily come to save them from the government or anything like that. A political savior, like some people think. He came to redeem people so that we could be cleansed of our sin and that we could have eternal life. But in order to do that, John was saying to his readers in this letter, because the letters that we have today, 1 John, that would be read out to the congregation. They'd no PowerPoint. They'd no Bible. It was actually read out to the congregation when they actually got it. So this first letter would be going, see what love the Father has lavished on us, John is saying. Now he's 90 years of age, so he's quite an old man. So you can imagine John sitting here and saying, John, what's the one thing that you want to tell us this morning that you know about Jesus from all the years that you've been there? And this is what he says. See what love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that's the one thing that Jesus wants every single one of us to know today. The love that the Father has lavished on us is a love that never grows cold. It's not conditional. You know the way love is conditional today? Do you know what that, you know? The love that, the, that Jesus and God has for us is so unconditional, it's absolutely amazing. There are no conditions. Now, that doesn't mean that he accepts bad behavior. Okay, There's always a balance in this, all right? That doesn't mean that I love Jesus, I take him as my savior, and I, then I go on sinning, all right? That's not what he's saying John is saying in order to love Jesus you need to love him but you then also need to love other people and that's how you show that you're loving God now that's a very difficult thing to do sometimes in the 21st century even when with your spouse you know sometimes your spouse gets up your nose yeah sorry Tony my spouse is here today sometimes we wind each other up don't we Keep it normal. See, sometimes people think the Bible, oh, it's a holy book and we can't talk about it and be real. It needs to be real because it has to impact my life and your life in order for it to be real in our lives. They're not just words on a page. And John is saying to his listeners, see what love the Father has lavished on us. How much, what's lavish? Have you ever been in or seen a lavish palace? Or a lavish carpet that you, that you walk on, or a lavish bunch of flowers, something that's lavish. That's the, the type of love that John is talking about for us even today, and not just the people that he wrote it for in the first century. And he says, this love ought to amaze us, but it also needs to teach us as well. And it teaches us that in order for us to allow the Lord to love us, we have to be open for him to see everything that's there about us. And that's the scary part sometimes. Because we can ask Jesus into our lives as our saviour, but then he says to us, he's lavishing that love on us, so will you actually make him your Lord? And there's a difference between Jesus being our saviour, because knowing that he saved me and my sins are forgiven, but the difference is, knowing Jesus as our Lord and savior means is that your lifestyle and my lifestyle is going to mirror something of jesus in me does, does, do you know what i mean and that takes a lifetime i think of walking in faith every day the one thing that i remember really really realizing about christianity is christianity is not feelings right i could be feeling absolutely dire One morning or if somebody has ever had suffers from depression or bouts of depression which i've had myself and the last thing you want to be doing is praising jesus yeah the last thing you want to be doing is getting up out of the bed and even looking at somebody whatever but having jesus as my lord has helped me to understand because he loves me he's in it with me when i am depressed especially if 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 there's no healing coming if that makes sense. Sometimes we need to, we go through phases in order for us to know the love that Jesus has for us, which is really, it's hard to understand sometimes. And it's hard to understand sometimes when we go through really difficult times, like a bereavement. And the Lord says to us, see what love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And I am, You are, we are, I'm actually a child of God. Say that to yourself even in your head. I am a child of God. What does that actually mean? Do, Do you know what I mean? If we understood, and John is trying to help his listeners to understand, see what love the Father has lavished on you. It may not take you out of the situation that you're in, but he will help us in it. And he's walking with us even though we don't even realize he is, even through the really tough times. And sometimes it's in that place that John is talking about, see what love the Father has lavished on us, that we shall be called children of God, and that is what we are. And he said, in order for the world to understand that, we need to be loving other people the way Jesus loves us. Now that's the difficult bit. Because that means Jesus forgave us all of our sins. Has he? He's forgiven every single sin that I have actually committed. But that also goes for the person who may be my enemy. See, that's where the responsibility is when Jesus loves us. And he said, let's become more like me. And in order to do that, you have to love other people. Now, loving other people and forgiving them doesn't mean that you'll necessarily ever have a relationship with them again because it may not be appropriate. Yeah? Get that one? There's always, there's always a balance in love. Yeah? But it means that you're willing to forgive and let it go in order that the Lord can release us into more love and more service for him. Does that, does that make sense? And sometimes that takes a lifetime actually do because there's always going to be people in our lives that are going to wind us up there's going to be somebody isn't there it could be a sister a brother a cousin a mother a father could be anybody right it could be a pastor yeah you know could be anybody you know and you're God is real God isn't here fully, you know, the furries, the warm fuzzies up here. God is actually real in our lives. And if we really realized how much he loved us and how much power the Holy Spirit can be within us to transform us from within, our relationships, not even just with each other, but with the Lord would change. Because then we wouldn't be scared to come to him every time. Not just when we need him, but actually come and have a relationship with him because he knows, and you know now, and I know, that he loves me. So nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus. Absolutely nothing. Wealth, poverty, illness, bereavement, suicide, depression, abuse, misuse, All of the things that we see going on today and sometimes some of the things that maybe we've experienced in our own lives, nothing can separate us from the love that's in Christ Jesus. And that's what John is saying in 1 John. He's saying, look, God sent his only son who was perfect in every way. He went to the cross. And at the cross, when Jesus was dying, there was two thieves on the cross beside him. And one said to him, Lord, remember me when you go to your father's house. And Jesus turned to him and he said, This day you will be with me in paradise. That's how much Jesus forgives people. That man didn't have to do anything. He was on the cross just like Jesus was. And yet, in his heart, he believed that Jesus was the Son of God. And he said, Remember me. And his his belief in jesus and his faith jesus said i can forgive you and this day you'll be with me in paradise if jesus can do that for the thief on the cross what can he do for us who, who are actually here today so the love that jesus has for all of us the father's great love has been lavished on us so even this week if you're thinking about it and you're in a bad place yeah we all sometimes are in bad places Just even think about it when you get up in the morning. Even if you are depressed and say, I know that Jesus loves me. And Lord, I acknowledge that I'm not feeling the best, but I know that you love me and you're with me in it. And practicing the presence of Jesus in our lives every day can really, really help our relationship with the Lord. Practicing that presence. Do, Do you know what I mean? On the bus, when you're going to work, have a little song and say, Jesus loves me. Even, even them three words, Jesus loves me today. Jesus loves me at this very moment. And that can actually transform all of our lives. And that's why the Bible is so important that we read it sometimes, because then truths come out. And one of the truths, and the, the, the overarching truth, is that Jesus loves us. And the Father's great love for us is for everybody, for all of us today. Amen. Let's just pray. Lord, we just thank you for today, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you lavished your love on us, Lord, no matter where we are or what we're doing, Lord. Help us to understand that love, Lord, and just to even want more of your love in our lives, Lord Jesus. Bless each and every person here, Lord. And bless them, with a special type of just revelation from the of God. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And amen. 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 amen.